All right, welcome to another episode of the HL Flake Security Business Leaders Roundtable. And uh, we're excited to be here again today, live, uh, joining you here on Facebook and YouTube. And uh, hopefully we've got a good conversation to share with you today. Uh, my name is Chad Lingefeld. I am from LockDock Security in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, and it's been uh, a blast over the last, I don't even know, four or five weeks uh, to be able to sit here and host the conversation uh, on HL Flakes channels, uh, talking with business leaders in our industry. So uh, really glad to be here again today. Uh, with us today, we have uh, Ben Turner from, uh, from Tennessee. So Ben, we'll give you a, mo a moment to introduce yourself. And then Jacob uh, Myers from San Antonio, Texas. So Ben, if you want to go ahead and give us a little bit of introduction as to who you are and, uh, and a little introduction to kind of your role and your business. Hey, thanks, Chad. Yep, my name is Ben Turner. I am, uh, run a company called LockMedic, and I've been at it for about 20 years now. Um, major thing that happened with my business in the last year is I went from a brick and mortar to just a van, and that was probably the best decision I've made the whole time that I've been in business. Um, and the rest of it we'll get into later. I'll kick it back to you, Chad. All right, cool. Thank you very much. So you're, you are running a, a van, is that what you said? That's right. Yeah. So uh, it's been kind of a roller coaster. I have had up to six employees and two shops and four trucks on the road and then back down to this. And uh, this last year has probably been the most profitable year that I've had the entire time. So very cool. Yeah, that'll be a, be a fun conversation. Uh, yep. Jacob, uh, give us a, a little bit of introduction. So I'm Jacob Myers with CNM Locksmith. We're based out of San Antonio. <clears throat> so we are a commercial and residential only. Uh, we do primarily locksmith, but we also do access control, uh, security cameras, and we do burglar alarms too. So we're full security um, security dealer as well. Um, we have three trucks on the road, um, an office, no storefronts, um, and then two uh, office staff, which are fantastic. We have a great team. Very cool. Well, Jacob, uh, appreciate you being here today, Ben. Thank you very much for being here. Uh, we may have uh, throughout the call, but I uh, really appreciate you guys. Uh, Jacob has been part of our daily four o'clock business meeting call that we've been having for the last several weeks uh, uh, when the entire COVID-19 coronavirus uh, crisis started happening. We all kind of got together on a daily call and just tried to encourage each other and, and brainstorm of ways that we could all work together and, and improve our businesses which is kind of where this call uh, der derived from and this, this kind of uh, weekly call has come from. So uh, with that, I wanted to kind of get an understanding since the uh, COVID-19 outbreak, since the, the pandemic has started to spread through the country and, uh, and our lives have all changed, I, I had a, a couple of questions that I wanted to toss around. Number one, what is the thing that you're most proud of that you or your organization has accomplished over the last uh, several weeks since this started? And then what are you most frustrated with in the last several weeks uh, since this started. So Ben, we'll toss to you first. Uh, what are you most proud of since uh, that your company has, has been able to accomplish since uh, COVID-19? Oh, thanks, Chad. So the thing I'm most proud of is, is I really haven't noticed that much of a drop in our business. The, the type of work has changed. Uh, you know, just to give you an example, the first week after, you know, the lockdown was announced, I went from rekeying houses to going around to 24-hour gas stations that hadn't been locked in the last 30 years and getting the front door hardware where you could actually lock it. Um, you know, and I put 
locks on uh, supply closets that um, uh, you know home healthcare providers and people want to lock up their toilet paper and hand sanitizer and so on and so forth. Um, I, I do a little bit of everything. I'm, I'm not uh, just an automotive guy. I, I have uh, banks that I do safe deposit box work for. I do access control. Um, kind of like Jacob, I do everything except alarms. Uh, but I also I'll go from recan a house full of quick sets to you know, going down to the auction and making keys to everything, including you know, Mercedes and Rovers and so forth. Um, as far as the thing that's been the most frustrating to me is kind of a lack of consistency in how we're supposed to behave. Um, I will, you know, just to give you an example, I went to a factory uh, that's here in town that makes underground utility enclosures a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, I've kind of felt a little out of place because I showed up without my mask on. I, I, I do wear gloves and I sanitize and sanitize my tools and jobs, but, you know, I show up and everybody's in masks and, uh, you know, nobody told me I had to wear one, but I had to come back the next day and do something else, put my mask on, and I'm the only one wearing it. So, and I mean, this is even, this is a single factory. It's not like I went from working from one client to another. Uh, you know, you, it's just hard to know how to act. And uh, so, you know, I just try to do a quick risk assessment before I go onto any site and, uh, you know, just decide if I need to mask up and glove up and uh, just make the best decision I can, so. Just can't quite figure out what the expectation is because it keeps changing on us. Sure, yeah. Cool. Jacob, what about you? Um, so something I'm actually most proud of is it's actually in addition to our team. Um, we actually hired a new technician and a uh, new dispatcher through like in the middle of all this. Well, the new technician actually started right on the cusp of them trying to shut everything down. But, um, you know, the first thing that everybody did when they shut everything down was lay everybody off or furlough or whatever. So, you know, I, I just I'm really proud that we were able to bring people on and ensure that they have job security. And um, we were able to keep people busy during this time um, that so many people did not have a job, which was fantastic on our front, because then we can still provide for our customers when when they need it most. Um, and when they're not there, when something breaks, you know, you, you know, empty buildings sitting there is uh, is usually when everything kind of breaks the most. Um, and then but something rolling into that, something you said the most frustrated with is. Uh, we don't get that we don't get that interaction with our customer like we used to. We don't get that face-to-face. -face. I can't just go to, you know, our, our big vertical is commercial property management. I can't go into my property manager's office and sit there and chit-chat for, for a little bit and visit with all the property managers, the admins, the building engineers. And, you know, we can't, we can't keep going with that rapport like we used to because either they're working from home or they have their office locked down you know, so that's that's the most frustrating thing to us because, you know, the biggest thing is we like to have that relationship with the customer and and you can't it's really hard to develop that through email and phone calls when all they're ever doing is just calling things in, you know. So that's the most frustrating thing for me. Yeah, most definitely. I, I would say it's very similar. We uh, we actually had three or four new team members start um, on the Monday right after uh, our entire state went on the stay-at-home order, so it was uh, it was kind of a, a an iffy 
transition there, but I've been most proud of the way that our team has pulled together and been able to to just kind of support each other uh, and encourage each other and and really step up and fill those gaps. And the and the most frustrating thing I think uh, is is very similar. It says the the one not knowing exactly what the rules are, but two also uh, not being able to connect in the same way that we were. You know, we had we had had a lot of plans this year uh, to have a lot of in person customer education. And we got started on that, and we had two of those sessions, and then uh, it just kind of it just kind of all went away. And so it was it was a bit frustrating to have to try to adapt in that process. But you know the the positives that have come out of it is uh, making us more functional for virtual uh, meetings and virtual conferences, and uh, being able to connect with other business leaders. So uh, I, you know, there's always positives in this, and we've been saying, you know, let's go make lemonade. We've all been handed a big bunch of lemons, so let's go make lemonade, uh, and and I think that's been uh, part of the the main focus. Uh, Jacob, I know uh, over the last, I, I guess it's been eight weeks now. I, I keep losing track of the the time, but over the last eight weeks, you've been part of our business meeting online um, uh, conversations every single day. What are things that you have been able to to implement in your business? And so, you know, as we're talking to other businesses uh, out there, other folks in our industry, uh, things that you have been able to to kind of hear about from other business leaders and then implement in your business over the last couple of weeks um, that have been a benefit for you. Oh, my goodness. So and you probably can't you can't read most of this stuff behind me, but that's actually when we're on that call. Uh, and I hear something valuable, I'll reach up there and I write it on my marker board because when I walk in every day, that's the first thing I look at. So I see these things and I, and, and I pull from them. You know, every, every day there's a different topic. And uh, um, the three that really, really help me are operations, uh, leadership, and um, marketing. So your marketing, uh, Jessica does a fantastic job with educating everybody. And there are a couple of things like on our website and customer interaction, <clears throat> we've implemented a couple of things just from these meetings where, um, you know, we're already getting more customer interaction from online, uh, our online presence, which has been a huge help, in, especially in this time, because nobody, you know, nobody wants to, one, nobody wants to pick up the phone. Um, they just want to either text with you or email you or something like that. But then um, also another thing, like, like I said, leadership and operations, they kind of go hand in hand. It's really helped us to kind of carve out um, some new paths that we're going to we're going to be trying to take with um, how the people, how our technicians run calls and uh, inventory. I know that's been a hot button the past couple of weeks. <laughs> um, so there's been some really good insight on just your day to day operations and processes, which is fantastic from any, from small dealers like us all the way up to people like, you know, you guys that have, you know, um, I mean, how many how many technicians do you have, Chad? Uh, so twenty ish, something around there. Twenty ish, yeah. And then some. I think what Glenn has like forty or something like that. I mean, it's just like it's insane. So you get to see it on all all sizes, which is really good because it's like, okay, well, I'm here now. Yeah. But if I want to be here, then you know that's that's where I need to. That's what I need to look for, which is really good. So, really good for me. So I can see some of the stuff on your board behind you and I see package see pricing. Yeah. I see package pricing. I see inventory. Uh, I see a van cleaning schedule and oh gosh, yeah. And on call schedule. Uh, which I think was that was the on call schedule discussed last week? 
no, that was something through us. That's that totally is a, that is an amazing topic that we need to dive into because yeah, yeah I mean that's that's uh, something. Really, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Ben, for you, uh, have you been able to take this time? I know you said you've transitioned from a brick and mortar over to a a van. Tell us a bit, a little bit about that process. Was that during the the COVID nineteen, or was that before that before this happened? Uh, no, it was actually before it. It was a year ago, a little over the a year ago. Um, I'm not hadn't muted myself. Okay, I'm good. Yeah, you're good. Um, <laughs> it was uh, it was a tough decision to make, but uh, I looked at the numbers and uh, just kind of decided that you know it's it was a break even proposition at best, and uh, there just wasn't really much reason to run it as a vanity project anymore. But yeah, it was last March and. Um, it was definitely bittersweet at the time because uh, I, when I started out as an apprentice, I worked for a guy that had a brick and mortar and three, four trucks on the road. And uh, that's the way he had started it. And it was in a, a county about 30 miles from here. And so, you know, that was sort of what I thought you did. You know, you go out, you start a shop, you put a couple of vans on the road and, you know, you have a place that you're anchored in the community that, you know, if you sell restricted key systems or you sell padlocks, your customers have a place they can come and, uh, you know, pick these things up. And you don't have to make a trip out there to deliver them. Um, and shutting that down was uh, was difficult for me because I thought, well, what am I going to, you know, am I going to just orphan these people or am I going to be making free service calls to deliver a handful of keys, and padlocks and so on and so forth. And it's, uh, it's still a learning process. Um, you know, a lot of those problems have just been kind of fixed along the way. Like I have a, a hardware store that was my old neighbor that I use as a drop point for things that I don't really want to go out to a customer site to deliver uh, for whatever reason, or, you know, they don't necessarily want to pay a trip for it. Um, but, uh, you know, it was uh, the thing that we, that really prompted me to do that was I noticed more and more, I wasn't getting people walking in the door, uh, you know, and say, I've got a 2015 Taurus, I need an extra key for it. They would say, well, I've got a 2015 Taurus and here's this thing I bought on eBay and can you cut and program it for me? And, uh, you know, your margin goes down, your time on the job goes up and your level of frustration also increases. So uh, I just kind of decided I didn't need that drama anymore. And um, that was, uh, that was good. I mean, I still do that type of work. I'll still go out to a customer's house or business and make a spare for them and, you know, but I, I do it on my terms and I price it appropriately and, and uh, it's just a whole lot easier to manage. I only have to worry about one set of tools instead of, you know, I've got a program at the shop, I've got a program in the van, you know, always seemed like something was where it didn't need to be. Most definitely. Uh, like it kind of, it also gets you back to like, you know, what you were talking about, the thing that you enjoy to, you enjoy doing the most. And, and it, I think in any business, uh, no matter what the size is, if you're in it and you're able to do the thing that you enjoy the most, then then you're definitely winning. Over yeah. the over the past two months, have you changed anything about your operations? Have you been able to refine anything? I mean, what is what's been different for you? I know you said that you haven't really seen a dip necessarily in um, in in maybe revenue or sales, but has anything changed that you've had to adapt? Um, well, I mean, I'm kind of opportunistic, so you know, like you said. You, you get a whole throw in a bunch of lemons. You want to try to make lemonade out of them. So, you know, I've, I've gone after stuff like, you know, hey, while well, the factory's cold, why don't we look at replacing some of these closers that we haven't been able to do because, you know, you've got 2,000 people coming through the door. Sure. Any given time. 
Uh, you know, same thing with restaurants. Uh, you know, so I've just gone out and sort of asked for work, and uh, it, it's been surprising. I mean, I, I I don't give hard pitches. I you know, just kind of say, listen, I can do this thing if you want me to do it. I'm happy to do it. If not, then you know, we'll address it later or not at all. Um, you know, as far as my daily operation, it's it's really just. PPE and, and uh, you know, just trying to understand what people need me to do whenever I go on the property. Uh, you know, I did work at a cell tower site last week and was kind of surprised to see the technician there was all masked up, even though it's just me and him. And there's, you know, nobody's been in this place for a month. But, but anyway, um, yeah, that's that's been about the only thing that I've really changed as far as the operation goes. So... With that, it sounds like you're actually going out and looking for more opportunities, uh, being more proactive in that. I, I would say, and, and maybe this is a horrible blanket statement, but I would say across our industry, we're probably a, a majority of us are very passive when it comes to sales opportunities. Very much of, yeah, these are the things that I can do. If you want me to do them, you can do it. It's it's not the the people that have been doing it for so long. It's not that you're out there trying to do a hard sales pitch. And that's probably something that a lot of us are going to have to adapt to over time is is the is actually being more proactive in our sales approach and less passive. Jacob, what are your thoughts on that? I completely agree, and you know, I think it's it's going to really change how we sell. Um, I'm I'm not a salesperson at all. I've never been a salesperson. My sales tactic has always been to a tactic, if you call it that, has been to educate the customer so that they can then make an educated decision on what, um, you know, fits within their budget, fits within their, um, their criteria. It's like, if they call me and say, I want this done. And I'm like, okay, but why is that exactly what you're getting for what you think you need? Um, so that's my, that's always been mine. That's why I try try to convey to our, our technicians that are out there in front of the customers all the time as well is, you know, you need to educate the customer. And, but a lot of the times, uh, you know, with everybody working from home, you can't educate the customer. You can't show them how that something, this is what this is supposed to do, but it's not because it's broken, you know, and, and you're just sending them an estimate and they're having to take your word for it. So I, I don't, I'm not quite sure how we're going to refine that quite yet. Um, but I know that something's, something's definitely going to have to change, um, in order to still be able to, give these customers the level of education that they're going to need in order to make that correct decision, whether it's what we think or what they think is best for them. Ben, what I, I look like you had a continuation of your thought on that is what, what are, what are your thoughts on that being more proactive instead of passive? Uh, so Jacob pretty much nailed it. Um, I mean, the thing that I do is, you know, the 80, 20 rule definitely applies. Uh, you're going to get 80% of your business from 20% of your customers. Uh, it, it's a whole lot easier to get more work from somebody that you've already got your foot in the door than to try to go out and, and earn a new customer. So, you know, the approach that I take right now is just to try to, you know, figure out what other needs I can meet with the customers I've already got that I already have an established relationship with. And, uh, you know, like Jacob said, I'm a horrible salesperson. Uh, the tactic that I've always used is I just try to treat the customers like I'm the, I'm the one on the other side of the counter, like it was my money I was spending. Sure. And, uh, you know, sometimes to the even to the point of, of actually being counterproductive, you know, I, I probably refer more work than I actually take. 
these days, but uh, I want to, I'm in this for the long dollar. I want to be the people, the person that someone calls because they know that I'm not going to give them a pitch. They know that whatever advice I give them is solid. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to recommend a Von Duprin 99 if a Marks 9900 is going to be just fine. So uh, anyway, that's my two cents on it. No, I, I think that, yeah, go ahead, Jacob. So I, I will add, so I, I, I am, I'm kind of the same way as, uh, as Ben. I feel like we're, we're, we're having the same uh, brainwave there. Um, something that has worked really well for us uh, too during these times is basically, you know, the 80-20 rule that you mentioned is, is spot on. But, um, you know, something that's worked well for us is those 80% of your, uh, or 20% of your customers, or even 100% of your customers that you're seeing every day or you're used to seeing every day, but you're now you're not, and they're constantly needing things is you reach out to them and say, you know, hey, just touching base, making sure everything's okay. And going forward, you start to add to the conversation of, hey, did you know that we also can take care of this? You know, a lot, uh, the big gripe in the locksmith community is the customer doesn't understand that we do more than lock work. And it's been that way since I've been in the industry. Everybody doesn't understand that we're not just sitting around waiting on your phone call to go unlock your card, right? So the biggest thing that we've done um, and that, you know, this has been going back for the past few years is when the customer, when there's a need, you say, hey, we can take care of that for you. I don't, I don't know if you knew that we did that or not. And that has been a real driver for our business growth, um, whether it's for, like I said, our, our vertical main vertical is commercial property management. So it's like when a property manager moves and a new one comes in, we get that contact, but we saw, we still have the contact from the old property manager. So then, you know, we get to educate a whole new, whole new customer base, essentially a whole new customer gets to learn about all the things that we do, including the old one, and they're going to a new property. So, you know, it's, it's more, it goes back to that, educate the customer, but educate the customer about what you do so that they understand at the end of the day, like I could essentially call CNM locksmith for everything related to that door opening right there whether it's electronic or not, you know? And, and how are you communicating that message to the customer? You say customer education, and that can be in person, that can be online, that can be a, a PDF, that can be a printed off flyer. There's so many different ways that you can educate a customer by giving them information and i think a lot of times when we when we talk about that people want to go over to the uh, the digital side social media and that's a component of it for sure and right now when we're limited in the face-to-face -face communication then it's well how do we adapt that in other ways how do we how are we sending out flyers or how are we communicating this through email maybe uh if you have a, a, a if you have a, a email list that you can work off of but somehow communicating what uh, what you can offer to those customers. Um, I was looking through some of the notes from conversations that we've had over the past couple of weeks, and it's essentially turned into uh, a conversation of, all right, some of our customers that we serve, you know, and just kind of like what Ben was talking about earlier, uh, your, your walk-in traffic changed a little bit from a retail type of, of location, but some of the customers that we serve may not make it through the downturn in the economy, uh, just like some of the businesses in our industry may not make it through the downturn of the economy. So the question is, as you start to look ahead, 
maybe the bank of customers, maybe the categories of customers that you're currently serving may not be the same. There may be some changes in that. What are some things that you're looking at? What are some things that you're mindful of uh, as you progress through the next couple of weeks, months, and the next year of ways that you're looking at your current customer base and trying to either solidify that or adapt to a new type of a customer? Ben, you want to Jacob? That too. <laughs> uh, you can go ahead, Ben, if you want to kick that off. <laughs> I was looking. Uh, well, I was. I was hoping I would get a minute or two to think about that one, but I guess I'll take it. <laughs> uh, the same. So uh, I, I had a thought. I'll go back to the question here in just a second. But uh, I had a thought that uh, had crossed my mind. Uh, one of the things that I've done in the past uh, that I really should be doing more of is, um, uh, well, this is an example: an access control job for a homeowners association. Put a box car reader on a pool gate. And after the job was done, I made a little two-minute YouTube video and uploaded it and just walked through and demonstrated how things worked. And uh, that single little two-minute video I've sent to five or six other HOAs that have wanted a similar type of work done. And not only has it reduced the number of questions that I've had to answer about, well, how exactly does it work and how do we, you know, how do we get people in and out of it and so on and so forth and what does it cost? Uh, but it's actually closed the deal on a lot uh, of those uh, requests that have come through. And, you know, it's just so much easier if you've already got the materials at the ready, just send that out instead of having to, you know, have a 20, 30 minute conversation. I'll inevitably still have the 20 minute conversation, but I'll, at least the customer will feel a little better prepared. Yeah. Um, in terms of like what I'm expecting in the future, you know, as far as uh, the business landscape changing, uh, you know, nature abhors a vacuum. And, you know, if you lose a couple of restaurants, you're probably going to get a couple of new ones that move in, you know, once everything comes back. And I, I really do think that things are going to come back. I mean, the economy was just too strong before. Uh, it's, you know, this is not the end of us. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm, like Jacob had said, you know, when people move around, your, your building managers, your, you know, sales associates, they remember who did them right. And, uh, you know, hopefully you're going to have two new customers instead of just one old one. Um, so the one good thing about our line of work is we're sort of the, the uh, obstetrician and the undertaker of businesses. You know, you get folks that call you when they move into a new space and then you, you know, unfortunately you get them whenever they get evicted for non-payment of rent. So you get to meet the landlord and you, you get to meet the, the uh, new face that's open in the boutique on the corner that maybe they'll make it, maybe they won't. Um, but, uh, you know, again, I just always try to give solid recommendations that, uh, you know, I would personally take myself and, you know, knowing that not everybody wants a $10 cheeseburger, some of them want a $3 one. So uh, I, I guess that's where I'm at. All right, Jacob, your turn. Right. <laughs> um, some, some of the things that we've done over the past, um, probably two to three weeks. Um, you know, we still do our, um, like Chad, I think you do team meetings. Uh, we do, we do a weekly team meeting here. And some of the, some of the things that we're doing is really solidifying our product offerings. Um, and I know that you're thinking, you know, how does that relate to customers? But it, it goes back to exactly what Ben said is, you know, you have, you have product knowledge and you have product examples ready to go as soon as the customer has a question about it. And you say, here you go, this is exactly how it's going to work. 
So for, you know, imagine taking that. And if you have every single person in your company, that's on the exact same mindset with your product offerings and your product lines and not just like, I need to go research and then get back with you. It's like, yes, here's exactly what we have that will fit that need. And boom, you have the customer, customer confidence right off the bat. Um, so that's, that's a big thing for us is, you know, know the products, know the product lines so that you can, you can have that conversation right off the bat. Um, and that's been real big for us. Yeah. I, and I, I, I know you have package pricing up on there, but pr- products, <laughs> pro- I, yeah. the, the reason it, it's sparking in my mind, cause I can see you full screen and I can read everything in, on your wall is, is the, the, fa- <laughs> the fact that see what uh, I have up there. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the fact that um, if you, if you already have those packages ready to go, if you've already predetermined, these are the products and solutions that we have that we can offer, you know, outside of those absolute custom solutions, but the package, that are already predetermined, then it makes it easier. Uh, ben, to your point on shooting a video of the installation, uh, I think one of the coolest moments that we've ever had, um, a couple of years ago, we put together a video about all the components that go on a pool gate for security. And um, and we, we did it for the intent of being able to explain it because uh, at the end of the day, right, it's, it's exactly what you were just talking about. You put together a quote, you send it over to somebody, and there's either it's either a sum total or there's a list of a bunch of parts, and nobody knows exactly what it is. And so just taking a simple explanation to say, hey, this is a pool gate, and these are the components of it, and this is why they're important, and this is why we use them. And we did that. It was, a I don't know, maybe a two- or three-minute video, and we had a customer. We had sent out a quote for, I think, three pool gates on one pool, and they were like, I don't understand the cost associated with it. The response back was, here, watch this video and let me know if you have any questions. The response back from that video was a signed quote. Um, and it's, you know, it's those simple things that you go, right now, if you do have a little bit of downtime, what are the kind of things that you do regularly? Maybe it's uh, constantly explaining how to count the number of doors in your, in your house, you know? Maybe it's uh, the simple thing of the difference between a mortise lock and a rim cylinder or whatever, you know, whatever those easy things are that you can explain but that you can continually repeat over and over again. How do you record them, keep them on your phone to text them? How do you post them on YouTube? What are the things that you can do to be proactive in that? And again, back to Jacob's point, educating your customers. Uh, and I think those are great value adds that you can you can bring and utilize for future growth and expansion because those that are educating are those that are, are gonna win at the end of the day. Any other thoughts on know, that? I think you know where that package pricing comes from. <laughs> yeah, oh, mo- most definitely. And, it, and because of the fact that it makes it easy to take that to market, right? Like it's already it's already predetermined. It's already ready to go, and there's not a whole lot of thinking. I, you know, in in all, in I think in the industry, and you guys, I would love to get your feedback on this. In our industry, a lot of times we lose out on on offering a solution because it takes us so long to get all of the pricing together, to put all the proposal together, and then actually get it to the customer. And so having that ready to go, predetermined, and you can send them a price within moments is where you start to win. Well, you know, I and I'm just as guilty of this as my customers, but uh, I mean, people go to YouTube and Facebook to find solutions now. And uh, one of the big benefits of having a presence there is, you know, maybe if somebody goes looking for how to install a, you know, Schlage and code or something, and they see that you're local, they'll call you instead of 
going down to Home Depot and picking it up and struggling through it and calling when they can't figure out how to time the tailpiece correctly. Um, but I mean, the thing is, is that's where people are kind of trained to go anyway. And um, the more the more content you have there that's available, whether you're sending it out to customers or you know just keeping it out there, sort of in the wild, hoping that people stumble across it, the better off you are. Um, unfortunately, you know, a lot of it you either have to make the time to do the do the materials, either shoot the video or write the PDFs or or write the powerpoints. Um, or you, you know, just kind of make the time at the end of the job to take five minutes and walk through and demonstrate it all. And uh, I, I kind of found it's a whole lot easier to just, after you've cleaned up, before you pack the truck up, go through and shoot a little video. Whether you use it or not, I mean, it's free. Yeah. You might as well have it. You can edit it together someday, but uh, it's it's worth having. No, I, I dude, I think that is a, a massive golden nugget. I mean, especially you know when you're when you're there on site and you've just finished it that's the best time because everything's fresh and you're you you can record it you can capture it a picture but a picture does something but the video is explaining the why and that is i think the hardest thing you know if you start to look at proactive things that you can do as a as a security professional is how do you educate your customer proactively by explaining the why. Why is that exit device important? Why is that door closer important? Why is that specific lock important? What is its purpose? Uh, rather than just, this is what you need, just trust me, you know, here's an explanation, because that's why people are YouTubing things. That's why people Google things all the time, is because they want to understand it better. And so you have the opportunity to educate and explain why. Jacob, your thoughts? I, I, I think you're spot on, because the, the biggest thing lately that we see is, you know, your, your general consumer, they just don't know. So they're, they're out there Googling around and they, then they, then they come to you and they're like, I found this product that I think will work. And, you know, and they, at that point, they've come to the predetermined, uh, uh, the determination that this is going to work for me. And that's my budget now because I've seen that price and I've seen that product and I know what it'll do, but then you have to get there and you say either, yeah, that's, great, we can provide and install that for you, or sorry, that's not going to work for your application because of whatever the reason is, you know, so you're, you're absolutely correct as far as, um, you know, it's, it still rolls back to that educational moment, but if you already have the video to deal with it, and that's something that we don't, we don't, I've not, never really done, I probably should, but um, that's, uh, that is a really good, good little piece is when you're right there in front of it, just video it, and then and then you have that information out there for the customer and to change that mindset. Yeah, I, Jacob, that's probably something you should write on your board behind you if I were to, it's <laughs> something to go ahead, and, go ahead and add on there. I, I think that's Video. A, yeah, dude, I, I think that that's a, a, a super awesome uh, piece of advice, Ben, to just, to just do it right then. Um, you know, and, and I love it whenever a customer calls me to ask in advance, you know, what, what do I need for this? Sure. You know, because I've kind of given up on selling commodity level residential hardware just because there's no margin in it. I mean, you know, BE 365 is 99 bucks at Home Depot. It's $97 from HL Flake. You know, if I mark it up to 180 and then they see it at Home Depot for 100, I look like a jerk. Um, so, you know, I've always put forward that, look, if you come to me and ask me, what should I buy? And I'll pay you to install it. I would much rather have that conversation than 
be on the customer's doorstep and having to have that awkward conversation where you're like, well, it's really, no, you, you can't put that on an aluminum gate. I'm sorry, it's not happening. And I know you've already taken it out of the box and you can't return it, but it's just physically not possible. Uh, but, you know, a lot of that comes from just, number one, having the relationship with the customer. And unfortunately, with the residential one shot, you don't really have that opportunity. But, you know, I, I don't know about you, Jacob, but I really try to go for uh, business customers and commercial customers more than residential. And, uh, you know, those people, you do have that opportunity. You know, you can you can you got the opportunity every day to educate them and tell them what you can do and, and just ask them. Well, listen, even if you don't buy it from me, at least ask me what should we do in this situation? And once you get to that level with them, it's, uh, you know, you can't buy that, that uh, relationship. I agree. When, when they trust you wholeheartedly to say, Hey, we're trying to do this, kind of get your opinion on it. Then you're in at the end of the day, you're in when they start to trust you that much where they just value your opinion Mm -hmm. more than your quality of work or price to coin or anything like that. You're in. Yeah, it's a, it's an opportunity where we are right now, where you you really want to make sure you're adding value in other ways outside of just the dollar value, um, and because at the end of the day, it's going to become yeah. At the end of the day, when the economy is tight, people are going to be adjusting their prices all over the place. What is the other value you can add? And I think Ben, you you have unlocked uh, a massive topic of. You know, how are you educating your customers proactively, but how are you educating your customers in a positive way, not in a condescending way of, I know better, just, just don't ask questions. You know, you're, you're, you know, I can't believe you went online to try to figure this out. I know the best because I'm, I'm the expert. Um, if we take that approach, then we turn people off very, very quickly. So uh, finding ways to positively educate your customers so that they trust you as a value, uh, as, as, a, as, a, um, as an expert and a value added uh, subject matter expert, I guess is the word I'm trying to come up with, uh, versus just some, some guy that they, uh, they don't want to deal with. So the big thing that works for me is transparency. Um, you know, if people understand what you're trying to do and what you're able to do, and uh, I mean, this one took a lot of soul searching for me because, uh, you know, unfortunately in the the online retail landscape that we're in right now that's dominated by Amazon and eBay, you know, wholesale's pretty much an illusion except for, you know, a very small segment where there's protections in place. But... Uh, you know, for most of us, it doesn't really exist. Uh, you know, if you if you have the uh, unique situation where you're an exclusive dealer for a product and, you know, map pricing is enforced and you know that you can advertise that, you know, this thing costs 150 bucks and you're not going to find it less than 150 anywhere else, that's great. Um, but for me, I, I've kind of taken the approach of more like a, a home contractor where, uh, you know, I'm not really actively trying to make full MSRP on a, any given product, you know, with the exception of some of the commercial stuff. But, uh, uh, but you know, I explain it to people. It's like, listen, if, if you want to buy your own residential hardware, I'll put it on for you. If you want me to buy it, I'll do it. I'm going to charge you 30% handling fee, you know, same as I went, the contractor bought a bunch of two by fours for you. That's what he's going to get, uh, plus labor. And uh, that has been, people have responded to that pretty well. Um, you know, if you 
the converse of that is, you know, if I did, just as an example, the BE365, I'd bring that up because I saw a lot of them. Uh, you know, if I if I do say, well, you need this lock and it's two hundred dollars, and uh, you know, they go down and see it for a hundred bucks when they're in Home Depot, though, you know, they may feel a little cheated. And uh, I'd much rather just be outright and transparent and say, this is what you can buy it for, and this is how much I'll charge to install it. And, uh, you know, I will stand behind it. And um, th that's worked for me. Um, now, you know, there are some bad moments. I mean, you know, like, like you said about making folks your enemy, that's a, that's a big one for me. I mean, you know, you have to swallow your pride a lot in this business. And, you know, you, you have to go on those warranty calls and you have to give the customer the benefit of a doubt. You know, if you go out there with the attitude that they're an idiot and the locks quit working or the key quit working for something that they did, then that's going to be the last time you ever see them and anybody they talk to. Um, but, you know, if you go out with, you know, you put your pride aside and you try to figure out the problem, even on the initial diagnosis. I mean, you know, if somebody calls and says, yeah, I can't figure out how this fewer door operates. And OK, no problem. I'll come out and check it out for you. You go out with the attitude that, uh, you know, that they're your enemy, then that's what you're going to get back from them. And uh, it, it's a it's a goal of mine to, to always kind of approach it as objectively as possible. Most definitely. Uh, I, I appreciate you guys time today. I want to be mindful of, uh, of our time here together. I think that if there was a massive takeaway today from the conversation is use our time right now wisely to educate our customers in a positive way. If that is preparing documentation, if that is recording videos after an install, if it is just taking an extra effort to take a few minutes after the end of your job to let them know exactly what you've done and what you can do in the future, those are massive wins for you right now. Uh, a lot of times in the service business, you're rushed, 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 rushed. And uh, for a lot of us right now, that's a little slower pace for you. And so you can adapt in that situation. So uh, Ben, I tell you, it's been a blast chatting with you. It's very good to meet you virtually. Hopefully we'll get to meet and face, uh, face to face at some point in time. Jacob, always good to chat with you as well. Any closing thoughts? You know, you're, you're, you're talking to people in our industry. Last closing thoughts that you would share with them uh, in, in the time of crisis right now and uh, maybe some advice that you've picked up over the last couple of weeks that you would want to share with everybody. Ben? Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm the cheerleader in, in my relationship with my partner. And, uh, you know, I get accused of, of uh, you know, be always being the optimist. Like, it's going to be okay, honey. But, I mean, I really do feel like that. And, uh, you know, we, we are going to get through this no matter what. Um, you know, just treat people like people. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's pretty much it's trite, but that's what I've got. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> no, perfect. Jacob. Um, so my, my biggest thing through all of this, and it's really helped with the, you know, the four o'clock meetings um, has really been in the downtime to use time wisely. And what I mean by that is one focus on processes two focus on customers, focus on your day-to-day -day tasks so that you can streamline your processes and be more efficient so that when we do come out of this and everybody starts hustling every single day of the week, at the end of it, you are prepared. You are prepared to really bust it out for the customer. You are educated. Your process, like I said, your processes are streamlined. So if you have multiple technicians on the road, they're educated. 
everything's ready to rock and roll. That's my biggest thing that we're trying to really rock and roll with um, during during the slow time, I guess you could call it, waiting on it to pick back up. Most definitely. Jacob, thank you very much. Ben, thank you very much. HL Flake, we appreciate you uh, helping to host this and uh, get this out. I think it's a, a good conversation that we need to continue to have in our industry, ways that we can be better uh, and in a constant state of improvement. Um, just as a, a couple of future topic conversations, we are looking to have conversations about ways, better ways that we can market our business, con uh, ways that we can share that message, very similar to what Ben was talking about, and he didn't even know that we were planning that, but uh, uh, planning ways that we can communicate our message to our customers more effectively in the future. So that can, will be a topic uh, in the coming weeks on this uh, same time frame, two o'clock on Thursdays, two o'clock Eastern time. Uh, as always, businessmeeting.online if you're interested in connecting with other business leaders and uh, trying to find ways to continue to grow and develop your business. Today, we're going to be talking about KPIs and metrics, key performance indicators, metrics, charts and graphs, all the numbers. It's going to be fun topic for today. Uh, you can find out more information on that at businessmeeting.online. Thank you again for your time and I hope everybody has a great day. Take care. Thanks, Chad. Thanks, guys.